When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Marvel Movie Talk right here on Geekscape. What we like to consider our sacred timeline. As always, I am Christian Blatt. With us this week, our pal Nate Miller. Nate, thanks for being here today. Hey, glad to be back. And uh, we're we're gonna go in honor of uh, Miss Minutes. We'll go uh, clockwise, and, <laughs> and our own our own Mister Minutes is of course Count Eric Connor. Hello, sir. Hello, and I have with me uh, a crossover. The crossover you didn't know you needed or wanted, but here is. Come on in, Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle may right. get a very brief cameo. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know, I mean, uh, we've definitely branched off into a different timeline there, but uh, uh, it's great to see Blue Beetle and, uh, you know, good luck with the sequel, Blue Beetle. And of course, Michael X, Shirley, uh, and uh, branching into our timeline from his own, uh, our pal David Brody. David, thank you for being with us today. Hello, everybody. Sorry I'm late. No, that's all right. We were just we were just getting started. I was dragged through time. Exactly. And uh, I uh, I am excited to be back talking about Loki. There's some other Marvel stuff to talk about, but uh, we're going to dive right in. Talk about uh, episode two of Loki and uh, Nate. And I'll ask David the same thing after. But Nate, you weren't with us last week. Uh, so let's uh, talk a little bit sort of more overall. But uh, your thoughts on these first two episodes kind of picking up from the end of season one, Nate. Sure. Yeah, I mean, as we talked about before, Loki was my favorite of the Marvel shows, so I was like very cautiously optimistic. Um, but I really enjoyed the first episode. It was fun. Uh, it was funny, but not like dumb funny. Um, and this last episode was also really good. Uh, I'm really enjoying the pace. You know, it's only two episodes so far, but it seems like there's not going to be a lot of dragging. There's a lot of like things moving and things happening. Um. And yeah, I just I guess I forgot how much I really enjoyed the chemistry of the cast, too. I think it really adds um, and a lot of the characters that were more kind of like background um, in the first season now having a little bit more development. Um, I'm really enjoying. I think it's really cool. And uh, I have to say, I am not typically a fan of key lime pie, but uh, damn, did they make it look good. Uh, David Brody, uh, your favorite kind of pie. No, uh, the, the first two uh, episodes, <laughs> just uh, sort of your thoughts as we, you know, I was just thinking about next week we'll be covering episode three and it's always that point in these Disney Plus series. So next week we'll be talking about the season being half over, but <laughs> we're only talking about two right now. And David, your thoughts on these two. Well, 
I think it's safe to say it's no She-Hulk. You can take that for whichever way you like. Oh, um, okay. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I I loved the first season. Uh, I thought it um, asked a lot of questions, and I think we're on the road to finding out the answers to some of the questions. But I, I thought the, the two episodes were well-written. Um, the action's where it should be. I think I agree, uh, Zaniac, that the uh, the level of comedy was just right. The level of emotion uh, was just right. There's there's a moment where you're really hoping that Mobius gets a jet ski, you know, so, and of course the key lime <laughs> pie look great. I, I think there's something with the key lime pie, whether it's um, Soylent Green uh, oh. or there's something. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's something it's going on with the key lime pie yeah. that he yeah. drugs them, drugs them into it submission or helps erase their memory or, or, Downplays oh, their desire. I, see, I I thought it was it was made oh. up from from less successful Kang variants, ones that weren't able to conquer quite nearly enough. Maybe, but so it's then green, they were ground so up into it's very green though. That's a, I'm think I'm thinking though it's ground up Loki because it's green. So or She Hulk wow. for that matter. So who well, knows? no, Lo Loki would be more on brand. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Eric, your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I'm sure Blue Beetle loved it, but uh, your thoughts on <laughs> this uh, second episode of season two of Loki? I, I'm still getting my head around the idea that that uh, key lime pie is people, people, and I want to reach my arm up in the heavens, like Charles. Oh, that's variant. Key lime pie is variant. People. Variant. <laughs> uh, by the way, an automat that only would have uh, key lime pie might be the automat of my dreams, actually. So. I found that very comforting. Uh, oh, and uh, just to th throw in on that before you jump in, I mean, uh, yes. Daniel uh, went right oh. to the green that we should have all thought about. Uh, maybe we're all still a little bit, uh, you know, in, in, in have a little bit of PTSD after Secret Invasion, but I love that idea that it's some kind of, that it's scrolls who take the form of pie. <laughs> all right, Secret back to you. Yeah. Secret back Invasion. You. Secret Invasion is like the bad touch of the MCU, basically. Uh, none of us will ever I, quite get past it, unfortunately. I, it, yeah, right. It, it, it is our macho grande. We'll never be over macho grande. But your thought on episode two, Eric? <laughs> uh, you know, I... I Could you like that, David? I love that. Love that. I'm very... Striker, striker. Uh, yeah, this... All right, all right. I didn't... I, didn't, I, know, I knew not, what I'm I was doing on. when I referenced I airplane. I was moving on. <laughs> you brought me back. Uh, it, it, I completely agree. I, I've been enjoying it. Uh, I, I think, you know, one of the big complaints we had about the show who shall not be named it was that it didn't feel even though it's it said it had one director but what i've been reading more and more behind the scenes is that, that i don't think that was the case i think there was a lot of hands trying to fix something that was never meant to work and in this case it does feel uniform that's one thing about this feels like a tv show i think and it sounds like such a small compliment but it's not because i think that's been an an issue for a number of these MCU projects is like, they don't necessarily feel like TV shows. They sort of feel like a, a, dare I say, like a key lime gelatinous mess of not quite a movie, not quite a TV show, but this one feels like TV. And I'm, I am perfectly happy to go back and hang out at the TVA um, and agreed. The chemistry is great. So I'm, I'm been enjoying it so far. I think it's a nice return to form for Marvel. Yes. I, I mean, I, I think that, uh, look, uh, even, even the Rolling Stones put out a clunker every once in a while. You know, they can't all be winners. You know, we don't have to all love everything uh, whenever it happens. And uh, obviously, I was uh, being a gracious host to uh, our guests. 
but there was an order and a rhyme and a reason to which I asked everybody what they thought. Uh, as we see in the chat, Craig Robinson, I look forward to seeing whether Michael X Shirley will be joining the conversation. Of course, he wouldn't miss it for all the key, key lime pie in the world. Burden with glorious purpose. Uh, how do you feel uh, that this episode of Loki compared to the first one? And in what way, Michael, has it strengthened your glorious purpose? I hated it. <laughs> I just hate this show. I hate this stupid, stupid show. Oh, okay. Um, I I know that, uh, you know, I, I think that that's very blunt. I love the way that you're to the <laughs> point. Um, can you elaborate? The hair, the hair flips, like we were like, what, two minutes in and we were getting more hair flips? There, and there, it's just, well, there's... There, there was a scene where we had three Lokis, so there was a lot of hair to be flipped. <clears throat> this just he's it's like he's on a swing like what, what's the point like just, didn't that make his neck hurt like it's so over the top it's like he practically puts his head between his knees before he throws his head back you sure you watch the right loki i guess oh no, no yeah he i mean what if there was an entire episode of Alligator Loki? Do you think you would enjoy that show? Much, much more. Yeah, okay. No, I I, I think we've well, landed on the one that you would like. And I'm sorry. No hair. Me. Alligator has no hair to flip, so it's a win. Thank God. You know what? Be flipping <laughs> them horns. Um, did, uh, did the, did, did at least the, the, did you feel like you wanted to have key lime pie or perhaps a McDonald's apple pie? There was a lot. This was a very pie centric episode. Possibly. It is my favorite pie, Key Lime. All right. See, we're getting yeah. on this. All right. So you can't 100% say you hate everything about the episode. The For choice sure. in pie was strong. <laughs> uh, yeah, good how, choice in pie. How do you feel about, uh, you know, we, we had him a little bit again this episode. So one of the big differences from last season, Michael, was Kihi Kwan, who people know as Data from the Goonies. And, of course, Short Round mm -hmm. from Indiana Jones of the Temple of Doom. And, you know. He was everything everywhere all at once. Well, yeah, I know, but it, I was going to say he was in everything everywhere all at once playing a character that wasn't named data or short round, but I, I challenge people to tell <laughs> me what this character's name was. Um, do you, do you feel that he is a welcome addition or do you hate the show so much that you just, this he's makes just it even worse. Thing. He's just a new thing to hate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, you know, there's a, there, there was a, uh, a great ruler uh, who once said, uh, your hate only makes me stronger uh, and, and use it to strike me down and I'll only become more powerful than ever. Does the hate make you stronger, Michael? No. Oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> so we, we're not All even going to have you shooting. We're not even having you shooting lightning out of your fingers at some point. No. Can you give it? Can you at least give it the compliment of it making you elicit a strong feeling, whether positive or negative, unlike the other show? <laughs> it makes me miss Secret Invasion. Whoa! Oh, okay. Oh, now you're just you're, now you're just trying oh. to be provocative. <laughs> no. See, now you're just That's saying just the key line pie talking. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I I think that uh, Nate, you do have a point because there's times where you watch something and you're like, oh, I feel nothing from that. It's not even good enough for me to hate. They have put so much time and attention to detail in there, Michael, that mm -hmm. the fact that they no make you hate it so thoroughly 
is is an accomplishment. What if there was an episode where just no Loki at any point, Sylvie would probably have to be in it. But if Tom Hiddleston sat on an entire episode, you still wouldn't be on board, right? I don't care for her. Okay. But um, I, I'm liking like this the... alligator Loki idea episode. Did you like I'd the, rather watch the interrogation scene? Thing. What? Did you like the interrogation scene? I figured you would love that. Where he it's was okay. It was okay. Loki yeah, apart. somebody... So somebody experiencing intense pain in a in a unique and different way. Do you feel like Michael that when you're watching this, the, the runtime for this episode was about 42 minutes. Do you mm. feel like you're spending 42 minutes in like a magic box that keeps closing in around you and squishing you, possibly get a squeeze the the breath out of you? Maybe. Uh, I like I like the guy that makes him sign like everything he has to say we've been through him before uh because he doesn't care anything about loki he has like the same excitement for loki that i do that's fair all right well look i uh sign it sign it yeah exactly well i appreciate that um what uh go ahead i was just asking if we're all going to chime in on uh obi the Obi character. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I want, I want everybody to kind of weigh in, you know, I mean, he, the first episode, obviously he, he had a lot to do. There was a lot of action. And I think in this episode, and since you brought it up, David, I'll go to you first. Uh, what did you think about it? You know, it, it's, you know, it's definitely, okay. He's working on something bigger. That's going to factor into the episodes coming, but uh, give us your thoughts on, uh, on OB this week. I like the character in moderation. I think he's adorable, which is what the, the role is supposed to be. He's supposed to be the cute scientist guy. Um, my only question to the room is, and I don't know if temporal loom was a term in Marvel prior to this show or they created that thing, but I'm, I'm sorry. When he says it with his accent, temporal loom sounds a lot like Temple of Doom. And oh. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's on purpose but when he's, no. I don't want to, I'm not doing the accent. You all know what I'm no, talking about. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, I kept thinking he was saying there's a temple of doom. We have to fix it. Uh, I think he's a, I think he's a good character in moderation. I think if they go to him every second episode for help, but if he becomes like Scotty on the enterprise where they're going to him for everything, it'll be too much. So I think in moderation. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I, I, I definitely uh, agree. Uh, so, uh, so I guess the question for uh, Eric is: Does the did the Blue Beetle even watch this episode of Loki, or he's just excited that uh, there's, a, there's know, a screen in front? Of him? You, you know, there's lots of excitement happening in this house. It's, they they woke up to it a strange like bearded man in their house. I mean, yeah, and they yeah. seem uh, you know. Oh yeah. Well, they, we've been they, getting some comments. They're, they're, we've been getting some comments on your uh, your internet connection, and uh, you know. Uh, some of us would say that. Yeah. Uh, Am I okay you know, right now? It, you're okay right now. Some of us would say it's refreshing that uh, the the at least the people of Georgia uh, it, that don't have a lot to wake up and be happy about this morning. But that's not really for this show, I suppose. But uh, you know, oh. even 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 some of us, David, who uh, made atrocious picks before the MLB uh, uh, postseason started on the Blackcast. Uh, you can still enjoy, enjoy moments, uh, you know, here and there, you know, when you take them as consolation oh, prizes. But th- this is a Phillies house. Everyone here loves. Oh, yeah. No, everyone here is thrilled with All what right. happened here today. All so. right. So you just took the air out of my balloon. Christian, uh, Christian and I hate either way. If you're a Braves or a Phillies fan, 
Well, uh, we're not. Uh, that's all right. No, er, er, yeah, exactly. Er, Eric, Eric's on. Eric's on our side. Don't worry. Uh, okay, good. But uh, he's just uh, he just has the most interesting uh, travel plans. Uh, Nate, your thoughts on uh, Ob? I, I think that David's on to something. Whenever somebody's there, is like you know the the comedic, mm, not even relief, but he sort of you know injects sort of a, a weird air into it. I think using him sparingly is is good advice. I feel like we've done okay with him so far. Uh, what have you thought about the uh, advent to OB this season, Nate? I, I've just, I've enjoyed him. I haven't really felt like he's got too much screen time. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's only been two episodes. Um, sure. And I think in terms of like what they're, the, the things that they're trying to reveal about the TVA that we don't know, I think his character is probably going to be, very integral to that like he's he's named ouroboros like it's and like that's got to be for a reason like that's not you know just gonna happen for no reason and they keep talking about this um you know often they talk about cycles and anything anytime you talk about time travel there's always talk of cycles and circles and the ouroboros is the for those that don't know is the snake eating its own tail that kind of creates that infinite loop um so I, I think the the like he's the nerdy guy that we go to uh, comedic uh, advice to kind of solve this problem, I think is kind of like a ruse. And we're going to see later that he has more involvement than either because of the memory thing he doesn't remember or he, there's actually something maybe more insidious going on. Because remember, this is the show that had Miss Minutes, you know, this tiny little animated thing that everybody loved at the end of the season be like, oh, yeah, actually, there's some stuff you don't know about that's going on right yeah. so i kind of see the same thing happening with ob with his character um i don't think they bring an actor like that on just to be in a couple gags for a couple episodes um so i i yeah. he his in, in uh, involvement is is part of the small bit of um uh complaints i do have so far um with this show and that there was a lot that happened at the end of the last season and going into this, they did a good job of picking up the action, but not a lot. They didn't do really good with like uh, establishing where those, all those pieces that they have laid on the floor, like where they go, because there's, there's, they're just adding more questions in terms of like, how does the multiverse work? Is the multiverse the same as timelines? Is this timeline only apply to the, the universe that is 616 do other universes have their own different timelines that branch like there's a there's so many big meta questions that i am kind of concerned about them sticking the landing on um and because of that i am trying to just enjoy the show as like a comedy you know a superhero comedy that has own wilson who i really like and i think he's funny and i'm just kind of like I'm just I'm just rolling with it. I'm trying not to think too hard about the meta stuff because I don't I'm not super confident that it's going to get really resolved in a satisfying way. Um, so I, I want to like I, I want to try. I'm trying not to overanalyze stuff like that. I'm trying to focus more on the character things and not think about the implications of the TVA and like. I don't know. There's there's just so much that they they did. They've done great with like kind of doing a little bit of character progression in the last couple episodes but in terms of like the meta narrative they've just introduced now this new thing with the loom and it just adds more questions on top of stuff that we already kind of don't have a great understanding of 
Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, the way that Marvel MCU has worked, it, it can sometimes be hard to enjoy just sort of standalone story without figuring out like, yeah, but where does this factor into everything? And this is obviously uh, a big one, you know, to use the example of uh, She-Hulk, you could tell, okay, well, this isn't going to, you know, really you know, tie into the Kang dynasty or anything. You knew that that was standalone. Uh, Daniel Drew had a, a comment. I wonder if OB was the first TVA agent. Uh, and uh, he does remind us in the chat that he had messaged me because, uh, Eric, last week you had talked about the branching timelines uh, with all, you know, not being mentioned with all the multiverse. So Daniel has this theory that he thinks it's because all the stuff in Loki is emanating from one single timeline. All the variants are not from other universes. They are all potential alternate timelines of the main MCU Earth. So oh. he thought about the fact that he who remains says something is different and he doesn't know what's going to happen next. It matches up with uh, in WandaVision, <coughs> excuse me, when she becomes the Scarlet Witch. So it's connected only because that was part of the sacred timeline, but anything that happens that's not happening in that timeline might not be noticed. So it gets very difficult when you start dealing with multiverses and branching timelines. And uh, the fact that one exists just so that there can be a McDonald's in Oklahoma that, uh, that Sylvie's finally happy working at, you know, but uh I, uh, I, I, you know, I would definitely like a, um, a behind the scenes uh, on, on filming uh, those sequences because I want to know is, you know, is that well, is that a functional McDonald's? Did they make it from the ground up? Was yeah, there one uh, that just happened to be old? And yes, sir, Eric Connor, you have the floor. I would, I would like right. to talk. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, I, Eric, I know what a dramatic pause is, but uh, it's, it's a little melodramatic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I know you're faking it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I know. Nate, that time you were faking it. Go ahead. Nate, what? Yeah. Oh. Nate, one, one thing you, you said there, too. I, I think there's almost too much that's off camera. You know, so like even this idea of what they're doing, those different timelines, you know, yeah, they show it in like a previously on, but it loses a lot of its dramatic impact when it's relying on our knowledge of season one, but not really showing like we see people go off and yeah, they have a ton of ammunition, but they're not really helping us feel the abject destruction and they say, oh, they're killing billions. But I think one of the issues is because they are relying almost too much maybe on our knowledge of season one for those moments to have the dramatic impact they need because the characters are reacting like it's, you know, the end of the world. And yet, since we're not really seeing it, it, it actually hampers what I feel like they're trying to do as far as the, almost like the guilt of look at this mess we've created. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, it's, it, it's a, it's very tangled and uh, you don't want to try and untangle all, all of these different uh, timelines and threads as you go through it. Uh, you know, Michael, I was thinking about how the episode starts, you know, they're in pursuit of uh, this X five and, you know, he had uh, made a bit of a name for himself as an actor. Uh, they found him in London, 1977. If you got one of those little temp pads and you could open a door, where would you want to uh, pop into, Michael? And uh, what sort of 
uh, devoted fan base do you think uh, you would have? Uh, some some might compare it to uh, Jonestown or possibly David Koresh. I like to think it would be more like the Swifties. You know, you would be the, the a generation Swifties. <laughs> And, and I know Eric has a bad, uh, bad connection, but I didn't think it was that bad of a question. But what do you think? If you could go through one of those doors, Michael. Man, that's a really heavy question. Do you want to do you want to ponder it for a little bit and I'll, I'll maybe, circle back to you? Maybe the 1920s. I think that would be fun. But, uh, but uh, not prohibition. You know, no. Yeah. Like, like the roaring 20s. A like back, 20s, yeah. back alley. Secret door places okay i look i mean it uh seems like uh seems like it could be fun and uh you know history showed us that there was uh there was no price to be paid for uh living like that you know for living carefree and uh just uh paying attention to your own doorstep there was there was really really nothing bad came out of that but you know what i have to say about the 1920s it, it does look fun you know uh but you know what what do we know um all right so that's now we have a we have an assignment, uh, Michael. I would like you don't have to actually buy a costume, but I would like an artist's rendering of 1920s uh, Michael Shirley. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about, about X Five. I I did find the the interrogation scene to be sort of one of the most interesting things, at least in these two episodes of the season, because. It was Loki getting to, you know, be a little bit more Loki the way we're associated, you know, the, we're accustomed to seeing him. Uh, and, you know, yet this was a guy who seemed to have uh, basically all the answers. Uh, what what did you think about sort of that advent? I'll ask you first, Nate, uh, the, this X5 character uh, and, uh, you know, sort of trying to trying to get information out of him that uh, Loki correctly surmised he did have that information. Well, I really enjoyed the dialogue of the first of him getting under Loki's skin and then getting yeah. under Mobius's skin too. I thought that was awesome. Um, but again, like I said earlier, I, I really enjoyed seeing, like it's one thing to see a bunch of variants of Loki, right? Like, which is cool. Um, but that's more of like, a, Oh, I know that character. Like, Oh, look at those other different versions. But now we're getting essential. Like obviously everyone in TV is already a variant. But we're seeing a variant of the variant of like how he would be if he was not in the TVA and he was like the life he would like to lead with his hair long. And so I thought just the contrast of him between the two episodes was really cool. So yeah. I was really enjoying the character and enjoying the back and forth. Um, and I, I think the interrogation scene was 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 good. Like it. um I knew that Loki was not that it was all part of like the plan. I mean, obviously, because sure. they said that. Um, I'm not sure how much of a misdirect that was supposed to be of, of him going in there, but uh, it was good. I, I, the right um, at the beginning of the episode when they were chasing him down and Loki starts like actually doing Loki stuff, like right before that, yeah. I was thinking to myself, we haven't really seen Loki do a lot of Loki stuff in a while. And then just like that it happened so i was like okay the timing is pretty good on this um it's nice to see some magic you haven't seen that in a while yeah 
No, he, he definitely leaned on it. And I thought it was interesting because you have those those two moments. You have sort of getting under the skin, telling him, you know, that you're a villain, you're a loser, uh, which is uh, the nature of most of my texts there, Connor. And, uh, you know, so far, <laughs> there's there's no lies in those texts. <laughs> well, yeah, the, we always have to start. It's 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 our it's our playful banter, you know. She was, uh, I, uh, the, yeah, well, you know, just, oh, keep wishing, keep, keep hoping. Uh, but I think that uh, sort of getting that, and then there's that moment. It goes back to the key line, key line pie scene. Loki's like, "Hey, remember that time where I was so mad at my brother and my father that uh, I invaded uh, New York?" Now, of course, realizing that this Loki is like a branch <clears throat> timeline Loki that walked directly out of being defeated in Avengers Tower. I guess it was still tar- Stark Tower at that point. Uh, you know, so it's like. It's really, I, I mean, I don't quite know how long it's been, but it's like, it's, it, I don't know. It's been a couple months, maybe, you know, it hasn't been that long since he was that Loki. This isn't our Loki that, that we got to see in like Ragnarok and things, you know, this is, uh, it, it took me a moment to think about like, he's looking back on something that actually wasn't that long ago to him, you know? And uh, I think leaning back into it a little bit, uh, I do agree with you, Nate. It, it wasn't really a shock that Mobius was in on that, but uh, definitely making X5 think that was the case. Uh, what did you think sort of of those uh, sequences? Uh, I'm going to ask Eric first because I feel like uh, he pays for the internet there by the minute. And uh, <laughs> I feel like I just saw him put a bunch of quarters in. So. He's time slipping right now. <laughs> or he went back to 1920 like Michael wanted to, and he's using 1920 <laughs> technology. Yeah, so he's, he's got he's got great stories. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. This is gonna take I, a so while. Sorry, it glitched out for a sec. Yeah, no, no, I, I was using the crank to keep the modem going. Uh, <laughs> can you guys hear me? Okay. Yes. For now. Yeah. No, I mean, basically, for for Eric to get into our streamyard room, he had to double click on the phone receiver and said, "Operator, give me Algonquin six five seven eight. Go. Ko five ninety two three. You know, I, I I think as far as like Loki. This is something Marvel's now done a couple times, right? The the sort of reduce something to a sentence. Like him talking about the invasion of New York with like, yeah, I was in a real bad place that day. Uh, the thing we talked about with WandaVision, it's like, yeah, don't worry, it's Jersey, whatever. You destroy half of Jersey, you're fine. Uh, work on the other half. Uh, and, and so I think they tend to like, you know, it, it feels like this is something they're still, despite all the work they've done in creating this beautifully connected cinematic universe, I think they're just keep having these problems, how do they link the TV with the film side? How do you take Loki, who was responsible for, I'm going to guess several hundred thousand deaths in New York, and now make him Loki, the one that Michael Shirley still hates, but most of us still now like. And, And that makes for, it's a little bit tricky. In some ways, as funny as that moment was, it kind of felt like it swam upstream from, what they've been doing with that character. And in some ways, I think when you put a, you know, sometimes you don't want to put a bell yeah, on it. No, sometimes I mean, it, it, it always depends on the, the moment in time. 
Yeah, it depends on the moment in time. You know, it's like, uh, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, Anakin Skywalker. Oh, you the uh, the the guy who uh, literally murdered a temple full of uh, children Jedi's. That that Anakin Skywalker. Oh yeah, we love him. Yeah, great. The guy who who you see in a black mask at the end of Rogue One, just throwing people around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's very cuddly because look, he doesn't have the mascot anymore. I'm like, all right, let's let's not forget everything. Uh, but they. You know, whether it's this Loki or the, you know, the one who, uh, you know, uh, meets his demise at the hands of Thanos, whichever Loki it is, it's true. They definitely try to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah but don't don't worry about that stuff, you know, and in, in comic books or wherever, when a character is reformed, a lot of times you just have to deal with the fact that it's like, you know, Jean Grey's like. Well, I didn't eat that planet. The Phoenix Force ate that whole planet. I would never eat a planet, you know? Uh, so uh, I, I think it is interesting to sort of get to see flashes of that Loki. You can't ignore it entirely, you know, if he if he was, you know, if he was uh, entirely sanitized away from the, uh, you know, the, the god of mischief, the god of lies, the god of tricks. Uh, and uh, But, uh, David, I want to kind of ask you the sort of the same thing, watching sort of the reminders of that Loki in his interactions with uh, X5, David. Well, it's sort of the, the if you watch The Walking Dead, it's the Negan effect. Negan was, uh, you know, killed the best characters on the show, and now you're supposed to forgive him and like him and root for him, and they're yeah. going out of their way to show him saving other kids and, you know, being a great guy and a leader, but he's still the guy who, you know, in, in the real world, killed the franchise by killing glenn spoiler so it, it's hard to it's no. hard to like it i hate to, oh sorry um yeah so, but but if he hadn't done that he could have never gotten into that road rage uh accident with with uh with uh i forgot her name <laughs> I was like trying to be funny <laughs> i forgot i've been talking about the show beef i forgot the comedian's name for a second anyway sorry that's all right uh as far as uh loki yeah. First of all, just remind me, everyone, is magic prohibited at the TVA? I, I don't. Did they say that in season one? Is that something? Because right, uh, we, we, we commented we don't see much. And I don't remember if he used magic at all well, at the TVA. caller on for a significant amount of time. Right, too. But now he, he doesn't. The reason I'm bringing it up is when he's in the interrogation scene, which I thought was great the way X, X5, right, was manipulating them and and and. Know, putting their personality out on the table for everyone to see. Except if you're X5, you're talking to a god, right? You're saying, oh, you no. can't hurt me. You don't have the authority. Loki could rip his insides out with the snap of a finger. And yet he, he had to get that machine to put him in a box and do a whole ruse with Mobius locked out and playing good cop, bad cop. You're, you're threatening a god and all you are is a variant with no power. It seemed like that was a that didn't make sense when you think if you don't think about that it's a great scene but if you realize <laughs> so, he's a so god he yeah so what you're saying is loki could have made a box like that just by putting his hand up and then the box right. could have he didn't yeah, need the I, cool machine with the remote and the buttons i mean well, you know the, the whole thing like i don't know what i'm doing i think they could have embellished and like you know turned him into a frog temporarily or you know oh. done some other fun things with the buttons that he was told will do some funny things like you know, turn him into a midget, you know, a, so excuse me, a little person or a giant person or whatever. But they just did the box thing, which Loki can do the box thing with him by himself. 
So I just think they forgot he was a god for that scene, in which case I'm on Michael's side. It was terrible. But I'm also on everybody else's side and that I enjoyed it. But to your point about the the movie universe, when yeah. they're running down the alleyway in the, 1977, they did pass a poster of a movie starring uh, Kumail Nanjiani's character from oh, the nice. I did not uh, catch that. Actually. That is a Herbie and the Love Bug movie poster up as well. Oh, but they, well, they did acknowledge the Eternals, which, you know, who cares? But. Interestingly, we know that Herbie the Love Bug is canon in the MCU, but Herbie yes. Fully Loaded is not. Not so terrible. That's terrible. Very yeah. important. And uh, and uh, just uh, because I like to, to tidy up these uh, branching timelines and conversation, as uh, Nate pointed out, uh, I just didn't have Ali Wong's name on the tip of my tongue. I have uh, gone to see her perform and I just couldn't remember her name for a second. So uh, anyway, I do want to uh, say not, really quickly, go ahead. Go ahead um, my, the, the God thing didn't bother me because as the TVA has been presented to us, they have pruned many Loki variants, many gods they've captured. They've pruned like, I think for us as mere mortals, right? We hear God and we think of the, the like the, you know, Thor and all them. And like, yeah, they're crazy powerful. They're way above us on tears. Right. But from the TVA's perspective, they're above even that. They're like gu guiding the timeline as a whole. So they're going and pruning God. They captured him. So like he's yeah. obviously not in comparison that strong to what the TVA can offer. So I understand why he would not be like totally oh my god that's a god here like he could do anything to me um and also i from my understanding i think at least in the mcu uh loki's powers all revolve around like illusion and like uh just deceiving people so he's he can like create light and images and stuff but outside of like you know some green energy projection here and there we haven't really seen him exert any type of like telekinetic power or like actually changing somebody's shape or something like that. Unless I'm, unless I'm mistaken. He, he did this episode where X five had the pad in his hand or whatever he had in his hand. And he flung it out of his hand. He did. He did when they were in the alleyway with the fake people. Yeah. And he had him trapped. He did use telekinesis in that scene. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I think that what, yeah, I think you're right though. I, I, I think the, uh, the parameters to which this version of Loki has abilities is uh, it's, it's, it, we don't know exactly what it is. It does seem like what he's particularly good at is, you know, mischief, pretending to be somebody else. Yes, he can create other versions of him that, uh, you know, they're not actual humans who can touch it. Just, you see them, you know, he can create illusions and things like that. So we don't really know uh, the answer uh, to that. But uh, I, I, I agree that we do have to suspend like he probably at the very least he could have hurt this guy uh, without using the machine but it definitely added a, a layer to it. And I, I don't know, maybe that was uh, all part of uh, Mobius's plan. Well, I, and, uh, and I think that was the fun of it. Yeah, no, Christian was saying, I think the, the fun uh, of it is like, it's the uh, greatest American hero thing, right? You get the super suit, but no instructions. So we have no oh, idea. Man. I think it added great tension that it was some device. I see. Yeah, sure. No, no, I know what you're saying, though. Uh, it, it <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Eric, Eric had uh, messaged me that uh, he knows that uh, the uh, the connection's not strong where he is. And uh, 
I said, no, 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 it's fine. But uh, I think uh, Eric, Eric will just uh, hang out uh, in the chat and uh, I'll put his comments up on the screen, uh, sort of the old fashioned way. But uh, we will we will see you next week. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully somewhere closer to a cell tower uh, or, or <laughs> unless you want unless he wants to call your cell phone and you can hold his phone, your phone I, up to the mic. Believe me, I thought about that. Uh, oh, yeah. so that oh, there goes out. At Count Eric Connor, uh, but I uh, appreciate him taking the time. <laughs> uh, so we did get a question uh, in the chat from Eric, uh, which was, uh, Michael, are you able to name three things you liked about this episode? The pie no. could be one. The pie could be one of them. No. And the ending could be the other one. Yeah, the no. end credits. You stab- established <laughs> yeah. that last week, that that's the uh, that was the, the thing that you liked. So, I guess. Uh, well, 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 don't I'll worry. I'll try to think of another reason. All right. Did, did you like the cashier in the McDonald's scene that asked Sylvie if she wanted anything? I mean, <laughs> he's probably my favorite actor. That's what I thought. He's, yeah. favorite. he's your favorite uh, character. He's he's all of our favorites. Uh, yeah. And uh, and look at Sylvie making sure that his, his mom would come get him. But uh, yeah, I uh, uh, I mean, and, and by the way, I was talking about this. Uh, that uh, some of this with my wife. How is there? I I just expected there were gonna be uh, Loki Happy Meals at McDonald's right now during like how are they not doing this tie-in? You know, I mean, you're spending so much time in it, and I I, I thought there was something about Loki sauce at one point, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't understand how they're not doing it. Maybe they maybe they feel like the show's not for kids, but not really. No, they do they they do all the. They do all the Marvel movies, so it, I don't know. It seems like a missed opportunity, but uh, that's it's hard. Maybe to, uh, they just know it's not that great of a show. I mean, maybe, but when you see the things that there were Happy Meals for, you know, yeah. I mean, there, there was, there were Happy Meals for the second Space Jam. All right. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Can I? Can I ask a McDonald's question? Uh, uh, please, if, yeah. If since we, we can do another hour, if we're going to start taking McDonald's questions, let's let's just one thing. So when they when they first went back, it's 1977, correct? Where no, Sylvie's so the McDonald's at- McDonald's is in 1982. The very beginning of the episode is 1977. Okay, so yeah. they show the McDonald's sign. It says "Billions Served," right? 40, 40 billion served. Yes, right. Billion. It said billion, right? Yes. So that that didn't change until 1993. From millions and millions, right. so that's but a David, continuity error. Unless no, on that timeline, it's a branching timeline, right? So that timeline maybe, sold more burgers by a lot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, exactly. Because those burgers were Soylent Green, those right. burgers were failed Kangs and failed Lokis, so they were ground up, delicious. And, you know, yeah, they might have uh, actually been just uh, you know if you've ever seen the video of the paste that they make chicken McNuggets out of, oh. that might be it. Oh, my, hey, isn't my it great had... though that they they got rid of ninety percent of the timelines, but not the one Sylvie was working at? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I did find that convenient because she goes through the door and I'm like, oh, it's still there. Well, what were the odds? Like, here's a question: Why wouldn't why would you destroy that timeline? You know, there's really there's really no advantage to it. Uh, but in any case, uh, so. I'm glad that, uh, well, four of us, including Eric, at least four of us are uh, enjoying visiting with Loki. And uh, Eric does want to chime in. In that timeline, the shakes have milk and the McNuggets have actual chicken. Maybe that will do it. (laughs) So wait, and the burgers have actual beef? All right. I mean, this is in that timeline. Yeah, the shake machine works. 
<laughs> right, exactly. You can you can actually find the shamrock shake uh, around St. Patrick's Day. This sounds like the craziest timeline ever, but I can understand now why Kang made sure that uh, that it uh, it remained. Uh, so uh, anyway, I'm glad that uh, some of us are enjoying the show and uh, looking forward to uh, chatting about it uh, again next week. Um, and I, I think that uh, you know there's uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about missed minutes. I feel like. We end the episode. They find where Renslayer is. So I think we're going to get a big uh, mid-season advance of the story. You know, they've been definitely laying some groundwork the last couple weeks. And uh, we'll just uh, have to see uh, where we go. And by the way, Eric is letting me know this isn't even in the... Oh, he wants it to be a surprise. Never mind. Eric. <laughs> can, can we play what? a game? Christian for yeah. next week. If I, if I'm, if I happen to be so lucky to be here, can, we'll can see. We, yeah. Can we watch episode three yeah. and make our, our predictions and uh, of what Michael will like. And then before the episode oh. starts next week, we all predict the one thing Michael will like, and we'll see if okay. we're right. But we can only pick one thing and, and right, one and, thing, Michael, and can we the add, end of the episode is not an option. Yeah. I was about right. to say, right. 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 exactly. Right. Michael has to try to find something he likes. Yeah. And, and Michael, I need that that you can hate everything else. You could hate ninety nine point nine nine percent about it, but you need to find one thing you like. And it would be here's an example: oh, the lighting in that scene in the interrogation room, you know, or oh, they had a prop that I think was really well made. Anything like that. Yeah, the I drink think, looked good. You know. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, and then and, and and Eric says that the over under of what Michael likes will be. Uh, 0.5 and uh, shamrock pie and key, key lime shake. Uh, mm. Daniel, I think you've really planned out a, a great uh, lunch. So uh, there'll be uh, there'll be more to re revisit. But I, before we end the show, I did want to talk about uh, some Marvel TV news, which uh, came up uh, since our last episode. A uh, little a uh, little reset button on uh, the upcoming Disney Plus Daredevil show. Uh, and, uh, the idea was, uh, they were, uh, the, so basically Disney is overhauling the entire TV business. So it's two things. Uh, so in mid June, they paused production because of the writer's strike. And I guess according to, this is for our audio audience, uh, according to the Hollywood reporter, uh, they had filmed fewer than half of the 19, sorry, the 18 episodes, but uh, it was enough for including Feige to feel like that the show's just not working. So uh, they have removed uh, the, the head writers and uh, they're doing a little bit of a, uh, of a reset on it. So, uh, and it's just uh, the latest in a series of growing pains for Marvel television. Uh, with the most recent of which is a show that we covered every week on this show, uh, Secret Invasion, obviously. And, uh, you know, there's a, a quote here. We're trying to marry the Marvel culture with traditional television culture. It comes down mm. to how can we tell stories in television that honor what's so great about the source material? Honestly, it's not that hard. You know, uh, you just have to you just have to pick the right stories to tell. Yeah, you Netflix know? did I, it. Netflix did it absolutely, and uh, you know it was done. Netflix in, yeah. yeah, and it was done in animation uh, for at, at at least X Men and Spider Man. You know, you can you can argue about the Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Hulk 
animated series. You can say what you want about those. But I, I think they've shown that this style of storytelling works in an episodic way. Netflix is obviously the best example because they did three seasons of Daredevil there. Um, and uh, two of which I feel were very great. And uh, one of which was still pretty good. But uh, I think that they, they did a good job with those. Well, what, so, what do we do with Kevin Feige, though? I mean, how does the man in charge of a struggling TV situation yeah. wait for a writer's strike and seven to eight, maybe nine episodes to be filmed before he takes a look at it and decides yeah. it's not good? Well, I think that that's something that you're finding. You're finding that a number of projects that uh, could have resumed after the the writer's strike and plan to resume after the sag after strike, they've had five months to look at it and realize, oh yeah, this thing didn't work. Let's just cut our losses. There's, there's shows that filmed episodes that are just not going to come back. There's yeah. you know, projects that aren't going forward that were guaranteed prior to the strike. They, yeah. they, they were but Daredevil, Daredevil's obviously a flagship show, right? You're given them sure. 18 episodes. It's your first 18 episode show and you don't look at the dailies. You didn't look at episode one, two, and three before the we strike? We don't know that. We just know well, that I, they, given the they had more time to review that than they normally would have because they sure. paused in the middle of production. The other thing that we're not talking about, too, is the terrible reception that Secret Invasion got. So they yeah, may yeah, have true. been filming it's along, watching the dailies. Everyone's like, this show is like actually unwatchable ass. This is terrible. And so they went, maybe we should watch those dailies again. Because if they have another show like that, especially one like Daredevil that is more like, you know, mainstream, more popular, has a pre-existing fan base because they're bringing Charlie Cox over and it's 18 episodes. If those three first three episodes are ass, they're done as far as like Marvel. Like they're, the confidence yeah. that people have, are going to have in the TV side is going to tank very low. Well, and every right. indication 100%. is that they're not happy with the way Echo turned out. You know, and they're, they're, yeah, they moved it the a other couple of times. They're going to dump the whole series at once, the whole season, but, you know, whole series. Uh, so, yeah, and, and uh, honestly, I think when you look at the, the corporate structure, I, I think Bob Iger being back uh, has uh, – he's taking a lot longer of a look. Kevin Feige was able to do whatever he wanted when his instincts translated to box office and popularity and they liked everything. But – that is definitely not the case really post Endgame. You know, it's very hit or miss since then kind of, uh, you know, when the TV show started in general, people were pretty happy. Uh, I, you know, there, there, there were some diminishing returns after the, you know, what I guess the first ones we had, we had uh WandaVision, we had Loki, uh, we had Falcon Winter Soldier in whatever order. Uh, and, you know, not everybody loved all those shows, but in general, nobody was like, Oh, this is garbage. And you started to hear some rumblings, with She-Hulk, which uh, I, I'm on record that I enjoyed. I had fun with it. But Secret Invasion, uh, except for when Michael is comparing Secret Invasion to Loki, you don't hear positive <laughs> things about Secret Invasion. You found the one angle in which to say, hey, was Secret Invasion really that bad? But apart from that, and uh, yeah, Daniel, our pal Daniel had sent me a message. Uh, and, you know, it's the problem is, you know, anybody can put an opinion out there, but there's this idea that, you know, Loki was the one show that they thought would be multiple seasons. Most of them are like six episode projects, like Moon Knight being an example. You've never heard a rumble about another season of Moon Knight. You've never heard about going back in for Falcon and Winter Soldier, because what that really did is it set up 
uh, Brave New World, the Captain America movie, you know? Okay. So uh, I, I think there's something to be said about that, but Daredevil is an example of like, well, they're going to do 18 episodes, but I'm sure they'd, you know, do a, a couple more rounds of 18 after that, if it goes well. And I think that's really the thing is like, this has to be good. You know, I think that uh, it, it's the magnifying glass itself has gotten a lot bigger and they're looking at everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And uh, Eric makes the point uh, and because it's in the chat, we can actually uh, understand his comment uh, with this overhaul. There's going to be a lot of fat and meat cut off the bone, uh, but I think that's all right. Uh, and Daniel this is had away with thought. words. Yeah. They said that the daredevil show was initially a procedural, but different than the Netflix version of the show. And now they're going to switch it to something else. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think that we've always known it's going to be different than the Netflix show, but which is probably why it sucked. Yeah, why <laughs> change it? Well, because I mean, that's the thing. Because that character works better. I mean, the Netflix show was such a good adaptation because it was consistent, at least with the Daredevil that you know the the Daredevil that I would read back issues from in the early eighties, the Frank Miller, uh, Klaus Janson, and then onward to Born Again, which that's the title of this show. Somehow they're they're telling a story that they already told in season three of the Netflix show. But I, I digress. Uh, but that tone fits him really well. The tone for Luke Cage worked well. Uh, I, I, I don't want to fight with anybody about Iron Fist. So we'll just oh, talk oh. about him. Iron Fist <laughs> but, was the was the Michael's Loki of mine. Well, the second season was much better because they had the decency to keep it to 10 episodes. But uh, also, mm. uh, Colleen Wing was the star of the second season. She was season great. Of Loki. Yes. Do, do, you think, do you think the new Wait, writers... Sorry, what was, that, what was that, Nate? I was just saying the fight coordination in the second season was so much better, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 as as an Iron Fist apologist, I, I will have to point out that uh, Finn Jones was hired uh, right before they started. So uh, the for the first season, so the second season was able to be at least a little bit closer to what the vision was they want. Whether that worked or not, that's besides the point. That brother and sister, those actors were terrible. Anyway, what were you going to say, David, about this show? Oh, I was going to say about the writer strike and how it affects Marvel. Uh, a story came out this week that they're they're going to possibly scrap the six episode thing and start doing real shows now, like real full length series more often. Uh, and I'm wondering if what, that if that comes out of the writer's strike demanding, you know, longer series and uh, longer jobs and longer contracts. If that also ties into they've done the research that six episode events are fine and all, but they're not like the Daredevil, maybe the closer model or eight to 12 episodes maybe a better model and it fits in with the writer's strike. I'm just wondering if you think the strike had something to do with that or just the research had something I, to do I, with that. I think that the, the impact of the writer's strike is just what, what I was saying earlier is be, having time where you're forced to take a breath, calm down a little bit in a, in a way that that happened with the pandemic, you know, the, at least at the, the onset of the pandemic, they weren't able to keep filming everything. So they were able to stop and reassess what they were going to do. You know, I mean, they were, pretty far down the road on some things, but there's things that we heard about, you know, movies that seem like they're never going to happen. Uh, so yeah, I think that we, at least as fans, as consumers of, of these various shows and movies, we can hope it translates be having five months to kind of put everything on pause could translate into better content. If the writer's strike had happened a year ago, maybe we never would have gotten secret invasion. And 
you know, they would have realized like, oh, yeah, we can just not do that. And Eric asks a very important question. Better fight scenes. Iron Fist season one or Queen Latifah's helmet wearing body double on the equalizer. I think, you know, my thought uh, on that. Obviously, I'm always uh, with Latifah. Uh, it's, uh, and Eric would say it's a perfect storm COVID into massive creative issues and a strike. Yeah. I mean, we're sort of in a little bit of a, of a trajectory and look, the stuff that has come out, uh, you know, guardians of the galaxy is an exception. Spider-Man no way home is an exception, but the, the Marvel content, and you can argue that Spider-Man's really Sony's, you know, the Marvel content has not been as well received as it was leading up to Endgame. You know, so uh, I, I, think I think that like, the, go ahead, Nate. the COVID and the, the strike. Absolutely. If we're talking about the business, the industry as a whole, like an immeasurable impact on how it has changed everything. We live in a post COVID world on top of the strike. Like all of that stuff is different. But if you're looking specifically at Marvel, in my opinion, even in the vacuum outside of those events happening, we're just getting Marvel fatigue. Like we're reaching that yeah. brand oversaturation point of where like every year they announce five new shows and four new movies and three movies that are coming from 10 years from now. And like now we're on phase seven and there's all these characters to keep track of. And like when the MCU started, you were taking something which had a popular fan base, but wasn't necessarily like marketable to a larger general audience. And so there had to be a little bit more kind of like creative drive to like, we have to make this work. We have to like put a little bit more effort into it. And it has felt like, especially probably a little bit before, but especially since after Endgame infinity war, it has felt like this ship has really just kind of been on autopilot. They're like, Everybody loves our stuff now. We don't have to apply too much effort. Just spread it out as much as we can so we can make as much money as possible from all these different avenues. And I think now that they're seeing that the brand, because the quality has not stayed as consistent, the brand cannot withhold that strength of stretching out so wide. And it's starting to falter and it's starting to cause overall damage to the brand. And it's not making the money. It's losing the money. So now they're going to pull back hopefully to something that is more controllable and something they can give a a stronger more focused project of you know of these things and that will give people more confidence to like be invested and be like excited for more projects that are coming um so i, I think that it, it's just kind of a natural anytime there's a big bubble of something right it's going to pop and then they have to kind of reassess what are the what are the realistic expectations for us um, and I, I think that that's what we're seeing right now is them realizing yeah. that we can't just throw everything at the wall because people like Marvel stuff. We need to be more conscious of what we're throwing at the wall and like how it's going to last after the six months it comes out and people like totally forget that it existed. Well, now you just spent, you know, $200 million on a show. That yeah. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, as you know, the, the success probably uh, created a bit of a bit of cockiness, really, because of the fact that, you know, look, when the, we were getting our first MCU movies, I would think things like, man, I don't know, does Captain America work in a movie in, you know, 2008 or whatever year that was, you know, and Thor's not going to, you know, people, audiences aren't going to sit through Thor, you know, so they find a way and they have those successes, but then they also keep going down and down the list. Like, well, this works and maybe this will work. And the guardians of the galaxy is the perfect example of like, 
those characters who, you know, even somebody who read comic books, those are not the characters I thought of as Guardians of the Galaxy, but the concept of Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm like, no, that's not going to work. Who's going to want to see that? Oh, I do like Rocket Raccoon. You know, so once they had that, they're like, well, if Guardians of the Galaxy could work, then Eternals should work. I'm like, okay, well, there's a little bit of a leap in logic there, you know, and Eternals could have worked, you know, uh, I, I don't, I mean, maybe if you'd had four of them, you know, that would be my first, that would be my starting point. Don't have quite so many of them, but Anyway, uh, I think that uh, Eric also had this point. Secret Invasion brought out the Michael Shirley in all of us. And we all have a Michael Shirley in us. And, uh, you know, America's sweetheart lives <laughs> in all of us. In any case, uh, this will be interesting to see as, you know, news starts to trickle out. Uh, you know, Echo's still not on the calendar, by the way. Uh, what if is on the calendar? Uh, that also got pushed back a little bit. But, uh, you know, what are we going to get? after loki in terms of live action content i assume it's echo because it's done but uh I, I don't know we'll just uh have to see and to nate's point talking a little bit about marvel fatigue you know here on geekscape you know you have hosts and fans who consume content in a way that they don't have superhero fatigue but you can talk to people who maybe are like oh i really like those movies no i would never read a comic book and the problem is that you run into Marvel fatigue because other studios make superhero movies too. Mm -hmm. And those also aren't great. Sometimes I'm not going to name names, but sometimes they don't turn out great. And even when they do turn out good, sometimes they're not popular and they're not successful. And so, you know, DC putting out a couple of movies that maybe people don't love that doesn't help Marvel. You know, I think if DC puts out, you know, the, the year they put out uh, Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman and, and Aquaman wasn't that far after before they got to Justice League, that probably helped Marvel. People like, oh, I like superhero movies. Then you see you sit down to see enough superhero movies where you're like, oh, man, again. So I don't know. Uh, but uh, I think focusing on better quality out of the TV arm of Marvel Studios, I think, is essential. It is could have prevented uh secret invasion but we'll uh take a look at that we'll take a look at uh episode three of loki next week uh right here on geekscape at the same time 3 p.m eastern noon pacific but uh until then nate where can people find you uh i am everywhere twitter instagram threads uh zanga at dog like nate and uh david brody uh, if if people have enjoyed hearing from you and they're like, boy, I wish there would be a way to get that Brooklyn boy and a friend of his uh, into my life a little bit more often, where would they look for that? Well, for that specific purpose, Christian, I'm glad you asked. We created six years ago the Brooklyn Boys podcast available oh. all over the place. I'm so glad that I asked that I had the thought. Yes, and, thank you uh, for bringing that up. Yeah, and uh, you can uh, check out the Blackcast from about a week and a half ago if you want to see David, myself, and a few other people uh, just make atrocious picks for oh. the uh, MLP postseason. Uh, I, I could ultimately still be right. Uh, the Astros could win the World Series. So uh, at least I have that. Same. I have that. Same. So, uh, and Michael Shirley, if people want to bring a little Michael Shirley sunshine into their life, how do they open the window and let you climb in? Well, you can find me on Instagram at I hate Michael Shirley and Twitter at Are you ready? I'm ready. Michael X Shirley. 
Excellent. And uh, if you're enjoying this conversation and you enjoy our Loki recap episodes, please check out this special episode that uh, Eric and I did. Uh, it was posted on Wednesday. And now because I have this stupid McDonald's background, we talked to Rob Kuttner, who is the co-author of Scott Lang's Look Out for the Little Guy. And uh, we did a whole show with him. You can find that on the Geekscape YouTube channel and our audio feed. Uh, we spoke with him for an entire hour about uh, the Scott Lang book, Look Out for the Little Guy. And if you want to see more of me, well, boy, do I have a fun plug for uh, tonight. Uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, you'll see me as a guest on Yo! Remember the 90s? We'll be talking about 90s horror movies and uh, Silence of the Lambs had not been chosen. So uh, <laughs> that's what I'm going to be talking about. So uh, anyway, uh, you can see me there. And of course, Tuesdays, who are these broadcasters at uh, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Who Are These Podcasts YouTube channel and the Blackcast everywhere, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. That is all the time we have for now. We will see you next week. And... As the great Stan Lee would say, Excelsior! Happy birthday, Dad! You're listening to the Geekscape Network.